It is Tuesday, June 4th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and Scranton Wilkesbury coming off a doubleheader yesterday, an interesting doubleheader of sorts, in one where a game was picked up from a suspension back on April 20th. So we fast forward 44 days from April 20th, and on June 3rd, the game resumed in the top of the third inning. Buffalo already had a one nothing lead off of David Hale, who, of course, is up in the big leagues with New York. So Brody Kerner came in for the bottom of the third inning. In the top of the third inning, Trey Ambergy was aboard with a bunt single already when the game went into its suspension. And two batters later, it was runners at first and third with one out after a Mike Ford single. But a flyout, a strikeout, and so we go to the bottom of the third with Buffalo still on top one nothing. Second batter faced by Brody Kerner is left fielder Teoscar Hernandez, and he turned around a Kerner offering for a solo homer. Buffalo led 2-0 at that point. They added two runs in the bottom of the fourth inning. With two outs, there were a pair of runners aboard. Reese McGuire and Alan Hansen had both singled, and that set the stage for a double into the corner by Patrick Kivlihan, doubled the lead and made it 4-0 Bisons. So the Rail Riders were up against it. They had only a few outs left to work with. In the top of the fifth, they chipped away. Mike Ford began the inning with a double, and after a couple of outs, it brought up Bravik Valera. 1-0 pitch, swing, line drive, over the leap of the third baseman, burns in down to the corner. Ford races home to the plate. Valera hustles into second. The relay is cut off, and it's a double. A couple doubles in the inning, and Valera put Scranton Wilkesbury on the board. They make it 4-1. The inning extended further when Mike Talkman was hit on the hand by a pitch, but then a ground out ended the threat. The Rail Riders brought the tying run to the plate in the fifth inning, but they still trailed 4-1. The offense went after it again in the sixth inning. Brad Miller laced a ground rule double over the wall in right center field and then stole third base. Trey Ambergy walked, and so with nobody out, Rail Riders had the tying man up again. There was a pop-out, but then Mike Ford stepped to the plate. 2-2, the pitch to Ford, swinging a hard ground ball up the middle in a base hit. Miller scores, Ambergy hits second. He fires his way to third base. The throw goes into second, and the Rail Riders have made it 4-2. Mike Ford's RBI single, and now he is the tying run aboard. It brought home Miller and Scranton Wilkesbury not only had the tying run on, they had the go-ahead run at the plate in Ryan LaVarnway. And with one away, the catcher bounced into an inning-ending 4-6-3 double play. And so Scranton Wilkesbury had to settle for the one run, and they trailed 4-2. Buffalo was kept off the board in the bottom of the sixth by Brody Kerner. And in the top of the seventh, Scranton Wilkesbury had the first two men reach. But then strikeout, strikeout, pop-out. And the suspended game from April 20th went in the books as a 4-2 victory for Buffalo. Zach Logue, who, who made his AAA debut, which will officially look like an appearance back on April 20th, he went three and a third innings, two runs allowed, four strikeouts on 88 pitches. David Hale picks up the loss, and Kirby Sneed danced around a couple of base runners in the seventh inning for the save. So game two started out well for the Rail Riders. In the second inning, Logan Morrison doubled. After a pop-out, Brad Miller stood in the box and delivered an RBI single for a 1-0 Rail Riders lead. In the bottom of the second inning, Raynell Espinal ran into trouble with an infield single by Richard Urania, and then Jordan Patterson connected on his fifth homer of the year, and Buffalo 
had two runs, it would be their only two runs in the game. And that meant it was time for the Rail Riders offense. In the third inning, Tyler Wade tripled down the right field line. He was the tying run at third base and a little bit of an adventure as Mike Ford came to bat. The pitch to Ford swing and a fly ball in the air to medium depth center field. Hernandez charges in. So does the left fielder Socrates Brito. He makes the catch running away from the infield. It's shallow. Here comes the throw to the plate and Wade slides in safely. A shallow sack fly ties the game at two. So the game tied at two and in the fourth inning, the wheels really came off for Andrew Sopko, the starting pitcher. And they frankly shouldn't have. A line out and a ground out began the inning. So it was two outs, nobody on. Ryan McBroom singled. Brad Miller walked. And that brought up Trey Ambergie. 2-1 swing, line drive past the mid of the leaping Kivlihan at third base. McBroom hits third. He comes to the plate. There's no throw. And Scranton Wilkesbury has a lead. Three straight, two out base runners. Single, walk, single. And Trey Ambergie makes it 3-2. Rail Riders reclaim the lead, and it brings up Ghost Kekito, who walks. So that loads the bases for scranton Wilkesbury, And again, still two outs. It's a one-run game. One pitch gets Andrew Sopko out of it with his team still within arm's reach. But instead, Tyler Wade delivers another extra base hit. The 0-2 pitch to Wade. Swing, line, drive, right center field, base hit. This one hunts for the gap. Miller scores, Ambergie scores, Coteau gets the wave. Wade to second, that's where the throw goes. And now Wade takes off as the ball's gotten free on the infield, and his aggression gives him third base. It's a three-run double. Scranton Wilkesbury owns a 6-2 lead here in the top of the fourth. The Rail Riders weren't done there. For good measure, the cherry on top was delivered by Mike Ford. Yeah, things are turning around for Wade. The 1-0 pitch to Ford. He swings and hits one well left center field. This sends Hernandez back. He looks up. It's gone. A bomb to left center field for Mike Ford. And Scranton Wilkesbury opening it up in a big way here in the fourth inning. At that point, it was six straight runs on six straight two-out base runners for scranton Wilkesbury. Bravik Valera and Kyle Higashioka followed with singles after that Ford home run. So eight in a row reached with two outs for the Rail Riders, though Valera and Higgy were both stranded as the inning came to a close. But by that point, in a seven-inning ballgame, the Rail Riders led 8-2. They added a run in the sixth inning on a ground out by Higgy. And 9-2 the final. Reynel Espinal gets the victory. He goes five innings on a career-high 93 pitches. A guy that has been a flex arm out of the bullpen for the Rail Riders this season, but his pitch count has been growing and growing. And on a day where they could have used some innings, they got exactly that from the right-hander. Danny Coulomb came out of the bullpen. No save, but two innings of scoreless ball from him. The Rail Riders check into today with a three-and-a-half game lead in the IL North over both Lehigh Valley and the Syracuse Mets. And a large part of the recent success, they're on a 10-4 and stretch over their last 14 games. It's been predicated on the offense, so we thought we would sit down with Rail Riders hitting coach Phil Plantier. And we wanted to know from Phil what his general gauge was on the overall team offense through the first couple months of the year. Welcome back inside the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders pregame show. For the second time this year, we are joined by Rail Riders hitting coach Phil Plantier. We're past the quarterway mark of the season. We're getting kind of close to the halfway point of the year. We've got a big stretch of games with 10 games over the next seven days. And frankly, the offense has been pretty good. What is your take on where the offense is right now as we turn the page into June? 
We got a, a roster that has been together actually now for a few weeks. So we had a little bit of a transition earlier in the year to this particular roster. And so I think guys have had a chance as a group to get organized, to get comfortable with the type of work that they feel good doing, that they feel like prepares them for the games. And as a group, they've been excellent at doing that every day, very consistent. And I think it's starting to come out on the field consistently like they want. Some of the numbers we've looked at right now, they're second in the league in batting average as a group, third in home runs. Is there something that you look at and you want them to start to do a little bit more of? Well, we really try to look at things individually with the guys. Um, Yeah, you have a group offense, but really you just try to help the guys focus on what they need to do individually. That helps them and how that contributes to the team offense. And, you know, ultimately our, our number one priority here is to try to get guys as prepared as possible in case any of them become an option to go to New York. So we want them to be prepared for that. And so the, and the guys, I think, know that because we have a little bit more of a veteran group right now, they understand how important that is to be as prepared as possible in case other opportunities come up. So uh, they've been diligent about that. Uh, as far as team numbers go, I would look more at OPS, that kind of thing. You know, it gives you a little bit better read on on how guys get on base and, you know, the shape of contact and things like that. But also, I, I like to look at the guys individually on how they're handling specific types of pitchers. So let's say in general, a player is doing well in general. Try to pick, um, identify the types of pitchers, the type of pitching that might give them trouble. And without them losing the things that they're good at, try to chip away at helping them um, apply some approaches against maybe some pitchers that they struggle against or a certain type of pitcher and uh, chip away at those things. And I feel like we're doing that right now uh, with a number of guys. And, uh, and so I think the quality of work's been good. We're here with hitting coach Phil Plantier on the pregame show. In yesterday's game, the guys faced a little bit different of a pitcher, a right-hander in Tom Eshelman who throws in the, the upper 80s, doesn't really get it up to 90 miles an hour, and he really mixes things up a little bit. Is that sort of what you mean, like exactly. getting against a guy like that? Yeah, exactly. Being able to just recognize a hitter, you know, we're counterpunchers. you got to recognize who's out on the mound, why that guy, why that guy gets a paycheck. And if we understand as hitters, you know, who's out there on the mound, we're going to be able to get into that moment in time and figure out what do I have to do right now to beat him. I thought eventually we got to him. I thought we were a little mm-hmm. slow as a group. Um, but it's just a good example of this game's about adjustments. How fast can you make? How fast can you recognize what's going on? Are you watching the game? Can we recognize what's going on? What does it mean to each individual on what they need to do to make an adjustment to who's out there on the mound at that given moment? And the faster that any hitter can make that adjustment, the more successful they're going to be. The one guy that numerically has made such huge jumps getting to the big leagues this year has been Mike Ford. When you look at the numbers last year to this year, okay, so I can see the numbers on paper, but for you, what's been that that big difference that's really turned his game around? Well, the good thing is he hasn't lost the things he's good at. He knows what a strike and a ball is. He understands the types of pitches that he can handle, and he's doing a good job not missing the pitches that he should hit. And on top of that, not being afraid to hunt certain pitches, make an adjustment based on who's out there on the mound, you know, without giving too much away, you know, putting an approach together at the plate that is important to that moment in time for who you're facing out there on the mound in that situation. And he's doing a better job of uh, playing that poker game. 
Phil Plantier, our guest here on the pregame show. Thank you so much for the time. We'll be back with starting lineups next on NEPA Sports Radio, The Game. Big thanks to Rail Riders hitting coach Phil Plantier for a few good minutes before yesterday's ball game, And a big thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. You can join Adam, Marco, and me on the call for tonight's broadcast at Salem Field in Buffalo beginning with pregame coverage at 6.35 for a 7.05 scheduled first pitch. You can catch all of the action on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and the MILB First Pitch app as well. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.